The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. D-Ready is joined by Dave Hanratty tonight for our music conversation. But before we talk about you two heading to Las Vegas without Larry Bullen, let's hear a little bit of the reworking of One, which is the latest single from the soon-to-be-released 40-track Songs of Surrender. That's the first time I've heard that, which will be one of my favourite U2 songs, and I'm not sure I like the reworking of it. I mean, I'd prefer the original now. Oh, I prefer the original, absolutely. And I suppose they had to do something different. Yeah, you've got to change it up, you know, otherwise it's just the same old, same old. It's brave. And it's just remastering. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe it'll grow on me. You never know. I wonder, are they going to be radically changing all of these songs for this album? Hold on, imagine hearing that version of it in 4D with a screen all around you and 17,000 people with their, well, presumably with their little lights up, you know, that'd be pretty whopper. Would it not be just as good to hear the original version? (laughs) I don't know, Matt, I was trying to bring you along the journey. (laughs) Tough crowd, yeah, Jesus. Hopefully you two get a better crowd than Matt. (laughs) No, no, I'm just wondering. I mean, it's brave, I suppose, to go and reimagine the songs and it does show a degree of artistic creativity. So fair play for that. But I suppose it brings us to the central point. Is it you two anymore? Is it you two if they play Las Vegas without Larry Mullen? We talked about this, yeah, in the run to this when it was revealed that Larry Mullen is essentially finally getting a lot of, um, paying a lot of attention to injuries that have built up over the years. He's being replaced by a Dutchman called Bram Vandenberg, who a lot of people hadn't heard of until yesterday. Uh, he's a 40-year-old drummer. He plays with a band that's been around for a while, but he's not an A-list celebrity. Uh, apparently there's a suggestion that that's deliberate, that they didn't want it to be seen that there was a sort of a big name replacement coming in for Larry Mullen, that this is going to be very much presented as a temporary person who's not better than Larry Mullen. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, if you get Dave Grohl, then the story becomes about him. It's a 12-week thing that they're doing in Vegas, though, this Sphere, Octung Baby reimagining, which sounds great on paper. But um, at the same time, uh, they're playing down the fact that it's a residency. They're saying it's not a residency, but they're doing 12 weeks in the same venue. That's, That's a residency. A residency. <laughs> but is that so that they can take it on the road afterwards? Probably, yeah. Good point. I'm I like, will uh, say yeah. about poor Bram, though, the minute I heard that he'd been in, like that he wasn't that well known and he'd been in a covers band, I immediately thought of that god-awful film with Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. Rockstar. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, where it's a guy from a covers band who gets to join one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Now, it's not a career low for Mark Wahlberg, which would be tough, but it is probably for Jennifer Aniston, which is saying something considering how many Adam Sandler's films she's been in now. Okay, I wonder how many Irish people are going to go to Vegas to see 
you two in the play because I suspect it's going to cost an absolute arm and a leg for the tickets alone and then you've got your accommodation and your flights it's supposed to be some holiday if you're a U2 fan though wouldn't it? Yeah and I should say at this point you know look, I'll, I'll be that soldier if you want to send me over for the show <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll follow my sword for this one but no the thing about U2 is they've inspired loyalty uh, in fans who travelled the globe for so long now including many people from Ireland as well this sounds unique and cool and like a brand new thing and even the prospect of seeing them play without Larry Mullen I think I think once in their entire career Adam Clayton's bass tech subbed in for him at the last minute this detailed in Bono's excellent book it happened down in Australia where Adam Clayton wasn't capable of playing so they actually did that but that was sort of a one-off this is something more significant they haven't played live apparently since 2019 D so is this a case that they need their fix that they have to do it that they feel they've got to do it when they've got the years left in them I mean, probably like uh, they, they've always had an amazing connection with their fans. And one of the things that they did say in the press release was that the fans were like their fifth, the fifth member of the band. Um, and I think there's a real appetite out there. I mean, we've been we have been speculating over whether they would do something in Las Vegas for the guts of a year now. And I will say, like with, you know, when you take the kind of reworking of of their um, of Songs of Surrender and they're coming out and they're playing without Larry Mullen. Like, to me, that actually speaks to how solid they are as a unit and are as a band, that they, they feel that they can do these things. A listener, Paul and Ross Common, I'm reading this exactly as it is <laughs> because I'm not going to be accused that this is my opinion. He says, that reworking of one by you two sounds like a drunk messing around at a piano <laughs> in a hotel residence bar at 4am. This is a really tough crowd, even more so than we thought. I mean, let's hear it in context of the record, which comes out, I think, on the 17th and uh, see then if it is, in fact, really incredibly unique or phoned in and terrible. It could be either of those. I will say, I mean, like the Joshua Tree tour that he did was such a success. And to do it with Octane Baby, which is my personal favourite U2 album, I would love to go to this. I mean, I think that's an album that lends itself to its own unique show and its own kind of interesting beast. Can they pull it off at this stage of their career? I'd say probably. And in getting like a solid drummer in, I don't know what the process was. I don't know if it was a Metallica, some kind of monster-esque, let's get like a lot of people in for auditions. But there's a lot on this guy's shoulders. He seems up mm. for it, but can he match up what the band do? That remains to be seen as well. Okay, uh, let's move on. And of course, you two played Super Bowl almost be about 20 years ago at the interim, uh, the Interval Act. This year, it was Rihanna. What did you make of it, Dee? I thought it was amazing. Um, I didn't catch it live. Um, I just couldn't be dealing with American television and the amount of ads. But, um, or the American football. Well, it, well, I mean, that's actually probably the bigger point here, Matt, to be fair. I was very glad to note that more people watched the halftime performance than the actual uh, football itself. Um, that made me smile. Um, the staging of it was stunning. And I don't know that I've seen somebody use a football stadium the way that she has done before. Um, I would urge anyone listening who's a fan of Rihanna to check it out. She she was kind of hung from these, and her dancers hung from these platforms that were elevated, kind of floating over, over the pitch, which was just visually so striking. Um, I have an agreement with my family when I get up a ladder, I have to text the family WhatsApp group and then text them when I get down. So fair play to her for doing that because she she is quite heavily pregnant at the moment as well. And she was also, and I'm told this, dressed in a creation by JT Anderson, son of the former Irish rugby captain, Willie Anderson. That is correct. Um, gorgeous red jumpsuit. 
Well, we can't obviously see that or what she had to do, but let's hear a snippet of the audio of her Super Bowl performance. Donald Trump didn't like it, did you, Dave? Uh, wow, Jesus, what a comparison. Uh, well, he wouldn't like it, would he? Uh, taking to his Truth Social platform to blast the performance and the style. That means he's coming after Ireland, considering our connection there. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought she did a really, really good job. Rana's kind of been on hiatus for some time now. An awful lot of people were hoping that this would mean we'd finally get a new album after 2016's Anti. But of course, as Dee says, the only thing she'll be delivering in the next few months is, in fact, her second child. So uh, congratulations to her and to ASAP Rocky. I hope they're having a nice Valentine's Day together. Uh, I thought she... she did a really good job in making it, you know, it was more mega mix than medley. And then you also had like, she managed to bring minimalism and make it maximalist and made it look effortlessly cool. I've seen some people who are quite down in the performance for reasons I don't quite understand. It's rare that such a thing will transcend through your television screen, but she is a star. She made it look very cool. I thought it worked. The songs are there and it was nice to see her again. She kind of owned it. A lot of pressure on her, but the Super Bowl is such a weird thing. I mean, as Dee correctly says, the game itself can be secondary, even tertiary at times. You get these massive blockbuster trailers. You get these weird ads where like, yeah. the Breaking Bad actors come back and just embarrass themselves for a tortilla commercial or something. We <laughs> spoke like, about that in our TV spot last night. Okay, let's get to other things. You want to talk about Burt Bacharach, Dean? Uh, yeah, so Burt Bac- Bacharach uh, passed away at the age of 94 um, uh, earlier this week. Uh, what, like, just what an unbelievable legacy of music he left behind. Um, I was lucky enough to see him twice, once at Glastonbury, which is probably my top gig moment ever, uh, and then once in the Ivy Gardens. And both times that I saw him, what really, really struck me was every single song you're there going, oh, Jesus, he wrote this as well. Like, uh, unbelievable guy, very, very giving as a performer in that like he had an amazing kind of crew of artists that would perform his songs alongside him. Um, and he just seemed happy to let everyone shine. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what else can you say? Like, genuine legend status, like that word is thrown around so often, but very few people can hold candle to his songbook. And as a showman, he was he was next to none. And also, like, it should be said, like, a really, really good Irish musician, Paddy Hanna, got to open up for him a few years ago. A great kind of musical raconteur, uh, like, in his own right. And that seemed to be such a huge deal to him. You could even see it in a photograph he posted last week. Wherever Burt Bacharach went, people just turned their heads, smiled, had a great time. It's a sad one, but a, an unbelievable legacy. Okay, he got to the age of 94, but the Dallas Soul co-founder, True God the Dove, 
Only got to the age of 54. Yeah, this is really, really sad news that emerged over the last few days. And like, it has been such a busy news week that you wonder if everyone has kind of been paying attention. But the tributes have been coming nonetheless. Uh, True Guide the Dove. Della Soul are one of the most important acts out there for any musician, or any music fan, I should say. And their catalogue is about to be unleashed on streaming services next month. There's been so much red tape and legal issues surrounding this. And it was supposed to be this great moment where they would all get their flowers. But unfortunately, this has happened out of nowhere. He's only 54. He was suffering from congestive heart failure for a number of years, although I don't think a official cause of death has been released. But seems to come out of nowhere. I know the group performed at the Grammys recently without him present, but... I think he was on tour with Gorillaz last year. Like he was a very active musician, mm. a huge uh, pivotal figure. He played the Fela Festival in Seppel Stadium once. All the way, yeah, all those years ago. I mean, like Della Soul. If you've never listened to them, it, now's the time. But I mean, yeah. it's it's just a shame that like next month was supposed to be this big celebration, and now unfortunately it's tinged with sadness. Well, let's hear a little bit of Della Soul. But I know. This dance to introduce myself as the chosen one to speak. Let me lay my hand across yours and aim a kiss upon your cheek. The name's plucked too, plucked from the soul I bring you, the daisy of your choice. May it be filled with a pleasure principle in circumference to my voice. About those other jennies I reckon with, lost them all like a homework excuse. This time the magic number is two, cause it takes two, not three, to seduce. My destiny of love is brought to an apex. Sex is a mere molecule. In this world of lust that I have for you, it's true, true. I haven't heard that in so yeah. long and it's so good. There was a lovely uh, piece in The Guardian actually about him and about Dallas O where it said that they were the first hip-hop act that instead of scaring your parents you might actually play for <laughs> your parents and that they would get the samples like Billy Joel or the Turtles before you actually would which is, a, you know, it's a real mark to what they did. Okay, give us your pick of the week, Dee. My pick of the week, Matt, is uh, a lovely track from a guy called Jack O'Rourke called Oscar. It is uh, based on a poem by Brendan Behan about Oscar Wilde's last days in Paris. We actually played one of Jack's tracks before um, and I remember it at the time because... Jace, John, who would normally give out about people he hasn't heard about being, uh, being, being chosen, actually said that he sounded like Paul Brady singing, Tom Waits on piano and Elton John hovering overhead. His voice is phenomenal, though. Let's hear Oscar. A body once lively Dumb in the darkness Quiet but for candles Blazing beside him His elegant form Fun case exhausted Exiled now from cafes To sanctity's desert The young prince of sin Broken and withered Lust left behind him Gem without luster No whiskey for stiffen up Cold holy water The young king of beauty Narcissus is broken Oh, there's an original sounding Irish mm. voice rather than the single transferable voice that we're and getting used to And it's a voice that years. sounds like it's seen many a decade, but that is a young guy. 
Jack O'Rourke, your pick of the week, Dave. Uh, we're going for Caroline Polachek, a super cool New York-based musician who used to be in a band called Chairlift. Uh, then she released a couple of solo albums under a different name. This is from her second solo album under her name, Caroline Polachek. came out today, actually. It's called Desire, I Want to Turn Into You. Uh, she makes kind of abstract pop at times in this record. She sounds like Bjork. She sounds like Grimes, who was actually on the record on a song with Dido. Remember her? Uh, and mostly she sounds like Caroline Polachek. She did a, a really interesting cover of The Core's Breathless a few years ago that went down very, very well in all the hipster circles. So uh, that new record is Desire, I Want to Turn Into You, was released today. My first impressions of it are very strong. And this is the most recent single, Blood and Butter. Yeah, no, she's great. And I think everyone should kind of tune into this album. It's a good one, Valentine's Day, whether you're in love or whether you're feeling sad and alone. It's all good. It <laughs> okay. all works. Very briefly, who's excited by the return of S Club 7? I'm not going to lie, I'm very excited. I'm into it as well, yeah. So it's going to be a bit of fun. Music gods have taken away Burt Bacharach this week, but they gave me back. <laughs> they gave me back S Club 7. Reach for the stars. I'm, I'm delighted. Like they're, they're an interesting act. I mean, like, like not just for the music that they put out, but I think they were really screwed over by the music industry in terms of generating millions of, you know, of pounds and dollars and whatever and getting very little in return. And they're a good unit. They're playing three mm. arena, I think, in October. I'd say it'd be fun night out. You're going D, I can tell that definitely. All right, D-Ready, Dave Hanratty, thank you very much. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.